1: Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only 3 dollars per month.
3: Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game.
1: Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
4: It's your turn to cause trouble. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com.
2: I got to change course here. We're not about to talk football for five hours. I mean, we're going to talk Aaron Rodgers, of course, and DeMar Hamlin being trolled by Eli Apple or Stefan Diggs being trolled by Elon. That stuff doesn't matter anymore. It really doesn't. Today is going to be a day of baseball conversation. As I'm driving in, I kind of knew we were headed this way. The Hall of Fame news is out, and I can't really think straight. <laughs> Just, I don't agree with it. I don't like anything about it, and I'm thinking into the future when no one cares much about it. Okay, the news you heard, Scott Rowland, seven-time All-Star Scott Rowland. Is in the Hall of Fame, and uh, I heard Evan talk about, you know, the conversation he had with Craig about not ripping a guy for getting elected to the Hall of Fame. I'm not about to rip him. To be honest with you, there's not one real memorable moment of him that came to my mind. Scott Rowland, to me, I'm I'm not going to bash Scott Rowland. I'm going to bash the baseball writers of America. I'm going to bash the Hall of Fame and just Major League Baseball in general. I think millennials and younger are not going to care about this at all in the next 5, 10, 15 years and beyond. It's not the same anymore. Now, what's the definition of the Hall of Fame? What is the Hall of Fame to you outside of being a baseball museum? I haven't gone, and I've always wanted to go, but this stuff kind of sours it for me. So Scott Rowland received 60 76.3% of the vote. You need 75. Some guys came up short. And there's plenty of names on the ballot that I just feel like are more deserving, more recognizable. And when you talk about the history of the game, they come to mind before Scott Rowland. Not knocking Scott Rowland. Shout out to him and whoever he knows that writes. Maybe, uh, you know, Philadelphia writers have his back. St. Louis writers have his back, whatever. What's wrong about it is it's like revisionist history. And now we're leaning into uh, favoritism. I don't even know if it's like politics or, you know, who you like. And it's just stupid, right? At the end of the day. The best baseball player should be remembered. And I think that's where it crosses a line that like kind of pisses me off because there are guys that put their heart and soul into being the best baseball player they could be, and they were. And now there's this like gray area of who's in and who's out. And last year when Ortiz got in as a first ballot Hall of Famer, I had an issue with that. Obviously, I'm not a big sloppy fan. Big poppy, I get it. Like, as a brand, they like him. He's a big teddy bear, and I like. I get all of that. But at the same time, his name came up as linked to PEDs. I don't care what report it comes up in. I don't care if it's once, twice, multiple times. If your name comes up in these reports, how are you a first ballot Hall of Famer? And then we're leaving guys off of the Hall of Fame or out of the Hall of Fame completely. I think my biggest issue with with this group is Andrew Jones. I think Todd Helton as well. Todd Helton just missed it at 72.2%. Mets fans may feel some kind of way about Billy Wagner. Mets fans may feel some kind of way about Scott Rowland thinking about Keith Hernandez. We just had Keith Hernandez Day, and they were saying about Keith Hernandez on that day, he should be a Hall of Famer. Multiple people spoke out about that, and he should be. What are we doing? Like, I don't I don't understand what this is. This is a group of writers that cover baseball and they're pen pushers with power. And this is their time to shine. This is their time to cast a vote and put certain guys in and kind of scoff at other guys or shun other guys or try and get back at other guys for what? It's the game of shadows, the league of shadows. They've been cheating forever. And I also have an issue with Carlos Beltran. Shout-out to Los. I got to meet Los this year in the media section at Yankee Stadium. He was dressed very well, nice suit, and he was a nice guy. He didn't know me at all, but I'm a baseball fan. I'm a Yankees fan. Carlos Beltran played for the Yankees late in his career. I was happy to see him. And I don't know if this guy is going to... uh, eventually make it, he gets 46.5% of the vote, but I just feel like he's being punished still for the Astros cheating scandal. And we're going to talk about all of this tonight because all of this stuff bothers me. I love baseball, and I'm glad that we don't have to talk about uh, the Eagles all night or uh, Pat Mahomes and Joe Burrow. We will. We'll get there. But, like, we can table some of that for football Friday. Tonight is a night where the baseball fan that is just a baseball fan calls the fan to weigh in. There's, there's an issue here, and, and I think there's a, also a, a changing of the guard here because the writers are getting younger. I already mentioned millennials and younger are not going to care about the Hall of Fame. They're not going to care about any of this. But I know there are some older listeners that do care about the Hall of Fame, that have been up to Cooperstown, that probably have some favorite players that have been shunned. Now, Fred McGriff is in, and he was voted in by his contemporaries, his peers. Late, but we'll take it. And now we're looking at him and Scott Rowland, uh, and, and this summer, that'll be the class but i think there's they're they're going to run into a little bit of a problem here coming up where there's going to be one or none and then what i don't know i just think that this this whole thing with the hall of fame what is the hall of fame to you call me up 877-337-6666 to me i was taught that the hall of fame is the storytelling of the game if you can't tell the story of baseball without this person then like you know they're a hall of famer if there was a big moment or moments in baseball that involve these guys. There are they are bigger names than Scott Rowland and not knocking Scott Rowland again. Good for him and his family. I'm sure they're super excited. But there are other names right under his name on this list. Todd Helton, Billy Wagner, Andrew Jones, Gary Sheffield, Carlos Beltran, Jeff Kent, Alex Rodriguez, and Manny Ramirez are not getting in. But they're on there, and it makes you laugh because if, if you're – 35 and younger, and you grew up watching baseball, and you saw Alex Rodriguez' whole career, Manny Ramirez' whole career, you know those are two of the baddest dudes to ever step in between those two lines. So I don't know, folks. It's interesting where they're going with this. And what I basically came up with tonight was that this is for conversation. This is for debate. This is for sports talk radio. And that's it. Because right now, Everyone's talking about baseball because we all have thoughts and reactions to this, and we're trying to project and look down the line to think who's going to be left off, who's not going to make it. Every year we talk about Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens. Pete Rose. What about Pete Rose? (laughs) The Great American Ballpark opened a sports book in Cincinnati, and they had Pete Rose come and place the first wager. Pete Rose is not in the Hall of Fame. And we all can gamble on baseball in our phones. What's going on? They act like the Astros cheating scandal. Like, baseball, they're funny. I love Major League Baseball, and I, I love the game, but they are funny. The Astros cheating scandal, they just swept under the rug. But one guy has to pay for it in Carlos Beltran. Not A.J. Hinch. He's got a nice little gig in Detroit as the manager. Not Alex Cora. He's got his gig back in Boston. None of the players, none of the players were punished. Except for Carlos Beltran, who Mets fans also know, was about to be your manager. And he got that taken away from him. What what are we doing here? The game of shadows. The league of shadows. And I think we are in the middle of a changing of the guard here. Because some of these older writers, they are aging out. And there are younger writers coming in. And the younger writers... That are in their 30s right now. And then next thing you know, there's younger, right? Like younger than millennials coming in. They don't care about steroids. Some of our heroes use steroids. The game was lit. It was awesome when we were kids. And they juice the baseballs now. So what are we talking about? They had a juice baseball season. It's like, okay, the guys can't juice, but we can juice the baseballs. Baseball is hilarious to me. But it's a good night to actually talk baseball and take a break from, you know, Saquon Barkley's contract and what's Daniel Jones going to earn and is Aaron Rodgers going to get traded to the Jets? Are the Jets willing to pay the price? We'll get there. We got all week to do that, and we've got Football Friday to do that. I had notes on everything else. I did tell Paulie we're going to talk Hall of Fame tonight. I, I didn't know That only Scott Rowland would be the guy to get in. I thought maybe nobody would get in or there'd be multiple guys. But here we are. Fred McGriff, Scott Rowland will be your 2023 Hall of Fame inductees up in Cooperstown. I mean, I I was planning on going when CeCe gets in. CeCe should be first first ballot Hall of Famer. I'm trying to think down the line who else retired in the last five years, six years, seven years that is going to be due for that honor. But call me up and help me out. I will definitely do some more research here as I'm watching MLB Network, and I already have some notes on this and thoughts on this. But this is an interesting topic, and I I think every year it is. I think every year uh, around this time, because I'm thinking back to all the calls and all the conversation we had around Ortiz, like this is what we're supposed to do tonight.
1: One name that's coming on the ballot next year locally is David Wright. Yes. So David Wright on the ballot next year, and Nets fans can have strong opinions. On David Wright, who is the captain and a wonderful player, and just like Scott Rowland, he's not a Hall of Famer. And he's nowhere near a Hall of Famer. But, you might you might make somebody mad saying that, but I'm and not I am a fight Met fan and it. I love David Wright. And David Wright and Scott Rowland are probably on the same plane. Probably, and maybe if David Wright's back doesn't essentially break, maybe this maybe this result changes. But he is not a Hall of Fame. I mean,
2: but there's so many guys that we can think about with injuries. As soon as you mention the back, I'm thinking about Don Mattingly, and I'm like, um, who else was I? Was I just talking to somebody about? Like, there's a few. There's a few guys that we are just like gonna leave out, off the Hall of Fame. And then what do we teach the kids in 20, 30, 40 years about some of these holes or some of these guys that are missing? Oh, they use steroids. Steroids were really bad. Like the younger generation is not going to look so down upon steroids usage. The younger generation is going to say that's what they were doing. They all were doing it. It's the game of shadows. You ain't cheating. You ain't trying. So we're going to hold it against these guys from getting the ultimate honor from having that day for their family that they dreamed of as they were putting together a Hall of Fame career. I don't know. It's interesting.
1: I think the bottom line when it comes to this is most, at least for me, and I guess maybe the generations that comes after me, I don't think that many fans care about the Hall of Fame. No, and that's what I'm saying. And I think that's the, and if you want to say that's a problem, that's a whole other argument. But I really don't, like, it's fun tonight. Like, tonight, tomorrow. And and that's what I'm saying, Pauly. That's what this is for. Yes. Right?
2: This, like, as the reactions are coming out to this, it's for radio. It's for fans to call in and express their feelings and thoughts around it and throw names out and throw other examples out, like I already did with Barry Bonds, Roger Clemens, Pete Rose, the Astros cheating scandal. Carlos Beltran is a Hall of Famer, in my opinion, but he is not going to make it potentially. And I know it's his first year on the ballot because they they they're just going to like look down upon him. He got forty six point five percent of the vote, and I know I know like I just said, things will change over time because younger voters will get the right to vote. And uh, I don't know. I think this is an interesting thing to, to talk about. I know we don't have all of the time tonight to speak on it. Uh, I was just talking to Lou DiPietro who does social and writes articles for us and is a former writer. And I think he said he was three years away from getting his vote. So I will pull Lou into here to talk to him about it because we were just chopping it up and looking at the list of players and trying to guess who we think won't make it. And it's getting to the point, like I said, in a few years, 5, 10, 15 years, the younger generation of baseball fan is not going to care about this museum. And people are not going to be pulling up to Cooperstown, and then there's going to be some years where there's no one, where it's empty. But the game is alive and well. Baseball, in my opinion, is in a great place. Uh, You've got uh, guys like Aaron Judge, obviously, time man of the year, time uh, athlete of the year, Shohei Ohtani, everybody talks about as a a once-in-a-generation player. And I feel like after this season we just had in New York, You know, GQ put out an article, baseball is back in New York. We never left and never went anywhere. But I feel like there is a lot of eyes and attention on the game. And here we are, I think some like 20 days away from pitchers and catchers. And this is a good night to start stirring the baseball pot and activate some of the listeners that care more about baseball than football or basketball or hockey. The Devils are on. So I'll definitely throw in some Devils conversation tonight. And we will talk about, you know, Coaches getting interviewed and uh, we'll also look into the conference championship weekend and we'll hit the news around the NFL. But, you know, when this stuff breaks like this, there's a lot of thoughts and reactions and I'd like to hear from everyone on it. Uh, I'm going to pull Lou in. And then uh, we've got Hall of Famer Goose Gossage joining us at 8 o'clock. And, uh, you know, we're going to also talk football when we get later into the night, 9 o'clock, with uh, Andrew Brandt. But, hey, if you want to call and you want to talk about it, I see people already lined up on the phones, 877-337-6666. Let's take a break. We'll go right to calls. I'll bring Lou in as well. And uh, before we talk to – Goose at eight. We'll talk to you. Keep McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back.
1: We really
0: need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only twenty five dollars a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile, get four iPhone 15s on us, and four lines for twenty five bucks per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
4: Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.
2: With a little urgency, we'll get right to the calls. Keith McPherson on the fan, your nighttime host. I opened up talking about what I think everybody should be talking about in sports or baseball fans, uh, whether you're in New York, California, wherever you are. Um, We learned today that Scott Rowland is in, and I said I was going to pull Lou in. Lou DiPietro does social here. He's a former writer, and we were chopping it up before I got on because he was telling me that he was a few years away from actually having a vote on the Hall of Fame. What's up, Lou? Go for it.
5: It was actually I would be a few years away. I was there. I had it for four years working for Yes because the BBWA actually didn't expand to include like RSNs and MLB.com and other entities like that until 2016 because they were technically like MLB.com is a arm of Major League Baseball. Yeah. So guys like, um, you know, guys like Brian Hoke <laughs> didn't uh, didn't really accrue service time, so to speak, um, until then. So there's like some guys that have covered the covered the game for years that just came out on the ground floor. Some of the AP writers and stats guys um, that work for the wire services and things like that also like have been in you know City Field Yankee Stadium for 15 years and in
2: the media, in the press area. But yep. so you need 10 years to get a vote. And, I don't know, over the years, I don't have a vote, obviously, but over the years, I've kind of looked at the baseball writers as these, like, gatekeepers and these, like, I called them pen pushers with power, like, they wield this sword once a year, and I just don't understand the, uh, you know, the wall put up against steroids and certain guys, but then other guys – it gets changed for, like we saw last year with uh, David Ortiz. And then when you mention David Ortiz, first ballot Hall of Famer, the conversation shifts to personality, likability, who these guys might have actually been able to get quotes from or who these guys liked being around. And I just think that has nothing to do with it.
5: Well, you can take that argument all the way back to Jim Rice. He was pretty truculent with the media. I mean, he played most of his career before I was born, so I Mm -hmm. can't speak to that personally, but... You know, rumors or, you know, reports or whatever you hear from people that he wasn't exactly media friendly. And it took him, what, 15, all 15 to get on. So, I mean, whereas David Ortiz, as much as, like, even Yankees fans and probably even Yankees beat writers hated him just because of the rivalry. You know, he was always one of those smiley, happy personality kind of guys, which does play into it. There's just like anything in life, Keith, there's inherent biases to anything. And people have different opinions on steroids. Like you said, me personally, I could never vote for Manny Ramirez. He got pinched twice. Mm -hmm. Is Manny Ramirez one of the greatest, like, just baseball players I've ever watched? In terms of fun, he was a bad man. I mean, Manny being Manny is a part of the soundtrack of my childhood. Mm -hmm. But he got pinched twice. A Rod agreed to an entire year off in part of that scandal. Can't vote for him. That's just my personal opinion. Clemens, Bonds, those guys' implications never suspended. Whatever you know, I kind of feel like you need harder proof. There are other guys that are just like, they won't vote for anybody. I know there was someone who put in a blank ballot, and I forget who it was a few years ago, just saying, I can't vote for anybody because we're in the steroid era. Who knows? Right. Even down to the, the smallest guy on the roster. Not even have
2: the power to cast a vote and not even cast a vote because you feel mm-hmm. that sure. strongly about steroid users on the ballot. Then just take any, any guy that came up in a report, just take him off the ballot.
5: Yeah. I mean... But they this let it run you its course because I mean, you, only,
2: you, don't for, you don't have forever to get in. Sure, you have a certain is- amount of time to get in. So they figure, hey, you can keep checking and hope that your percentages rise each right. year, but you're not getting in. It's 75%. And some of these guys don't even break 50.
5: And the thing is, is that a number changes every year, too. This year, there's it says on the BBWA website, there was 389 ballots submitted. In the past, there's been 400 and change, 420 so there's less people maybe submitting ballots. Some guys have retired. I mean, you can look at the list of voters on the BBWA website. It gives you, like, who are the 389 members that cast ballots. You can look at those names, and they don't mean a hill of beans to 90% of the people that read it, because, like, you know, if you don't live in Seattle, you may not know who but Ryan is. But the numbers Davis matter. Right? Let me
2: stop you for a second. How many? You said 300 389. And then a guy like Scott Rowland just got in, and the, the matter of – how, was, how many votes got him in it? I just read. Like, 292 is what he needed, and he got 296. So is that what it was? Four votes?
5: Yeah, 297. So he got in by five votes. So if there's 20 more voters and none of them voted for him, do the math.
2: Right. and right? I, I mean, I, okay. So Fred McGriff, obviously he gets the contemporary vote mm-hmm. by his peers. I actually talked about that, I think, in 2020. I got to pull up the post that I did for that back then because I felt like he was shunned or uh, snubbed. I'm glad to see him in. But when I think about Major League Baseball putting together these ceremonies where, you know, the coverage on MLB Network, it takes a whole day, and they hype it up, and they, they you know, put it on the big screen at every ballpark, it's supposed to be ceremonious. It's supposed to be something that we all watch as baseball fans and current players watch, but I think it's it's getting, like, diluted. I think it's getting, like... I don't know the exact words for it because I can't even call where it's going. Um, What do you think about? So we were talking about like Andrew Jones, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. And Andrew Jones' son, right? I was just saying Andrew Jones to me. And I was seeing them talk about him on MLB Network. He's one of the best center fielders we've ever seen right here in New York. He came here to New York with the Braves and he balled out in the World (laughs) Series. And then he came here when he was washed, when he was later in his career, obviously didn't have much left but he was still playing in 2011, 2012. I don't know. I feel like that is a guy that you have to tell the story of baseball and include, whether you're talking about the Braves or just his career or the center field position or whatever.
5: Sure. So you look at some of these guys and, you know, looking at this year's list, this year is a what I'll call, for lack of a better word, a compilers list. Um, and it's like, you know, Roland finally got in. He had 10% and, you know, 10 and change percent in his first year five years ago. And now this finally is got 75. year on the ballot. Yeah.
2: So he climbed like it's, 10% it's every the year. Lowest,
5: his is the lowest percent debut percentage on the ballot. They mentioned it on MLB Network when they did the, the graphics of anyone who's ever gotten in. Helton at 72% probably will get in next year. You look at some of these guys, and it's like, you know, A Rod is not getting a lot of votes because of the PED stuff.
1: Mm-hmm.
5: How much of Carlos Beltran's 46.5% was a middle finger to the Astros cheating scandal and everything that happened? From 2019 to 2021 when he... It's
2: absolutely part of it. I said this guy's still getting punished for that. Sure.
5: And then, you know, Andy Pettit, same thing. The HGH thing in the mid-2000s. Like, is that why he's only at 17%? Is he really a Hall of Famer? I don't think so. But he'd probably be higher than 17% if he didn't have that specter on him, right? Andrew Jones is one of those weird cases where, to me, like... And I can only offer my perspective. And, you know, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. You know, you may have a different idea. There's two things about Andrew Jones to me that that make his case interesting, yet I don't know if he's a Hall of Famer. I'm 42 years old. I think he's probably the best defensive center fielder I've seen in my life. Mm-hmm. Mike Trout is getting there, injuries notwithstanding. Um, he has, I think, the best defensive war of any outfielder ever, like career. Like and not to stop you again,
2: break. these new metrics we have come into play as well. Correct. The thing
5: with Andrew Jones is like... He came on the scene in 96, you know, the World Series, whatever. He was this 19-year-old phenom. Who's this kid? He's going to be a thing. And he had that 10-year prime where he hit, you know, he hit 300 once. He hit 300 once. So if you want to look at magic numbers, which a lot of people do, he hit 300 once. Yes, his career average is 254. He had a lot of really bad years at the end. Hit 300 once. Outside of that year where he was almost the MVP, where he hit 50 home runs and was just a monster and hit 263 in that year. 35-100, 35-94, 34-104. 30 35-100, 35-94, 34-104. He was, and, like, very good, right?
2: Yeah.
5: Now, take this into account. Defense is not valued as well as it should be sometimes. At least it hasn't been. Right. I mean, Omar Vizquel, same thing. I mean, Omar Vizquel could have played the left side of the infield himself and probably been really good, right? Right as the Mitchell Report stuff started coming out and all that steroid stuff, and I, I know Andrew Jones wasn't necessarily implicated, but right when baseball started getting really serious about cracking down on stuff, Andrew Jones was 30 years old, and he fell off a cliff.
2: And they look at that.
5: How much of that was being this elite, durable guy who plays 150-plus games every year for 10 years, plus playoffs, because Atlanta was always in the playoffs? You know, he's this elite player for a decade. bursting
2: on the scene at 19 years old.
5: Sure, and like you said about his son, Drew Jones. I mean, he was the number two pick in the, the genetics. draft. The we genetics can, yeah, we there, can right? look
2: at his kid like, this This wasn't steroids. This is genes. But Natural. Andrew
5: Jones went from that last year in, in Atlanta where he won a gold glove still at 30 and still hit, you know, thirty home, like almost 30 home runs, almost 100 RBIs. They didn't re-sign him. The Dodgers go out and sign him. He falls off a cliff, and he spends the next four years with four different teams, goes to Japan, doesn't really have much better success in Japan, which we know is a hitter-friendly league. More so than MLB. Was there something there? I mean, are there people that are going to read into these writers? It doesn't matter what people think, it's
2: about the writers, and we assume that they definitely are. Let's bring a call in because I don't want to not bring a call in before we bring in Goose. What's up, Scott? Scott is in Kinawan and Jay. You're on the fan, Scott. Go for it. it All right, Scott's out of here. Joe is in Colonia on the fan. Go for it, Joe.
3: Hey, Keith, thanks for taking my call. I went back to the Hall of Fame back in the mid-90s, and, and that's the last time I'll ever go. I, I don't know what's more of a joke, the Hall of Fame or baseball.
2: Uh, they're one and the same. I mean, like, it's just a layer of, of baseball when you're looking at the game. And that's why I came in here talking about it. Like, I think I think generations in the future are not going to care about the Hall of Fame. I don't know what even to compare it to. No,
3: well, the thing, I don't think the future cares about baseball. And I've been complaining about this for the past few years. What happened to the days where you sat in your backyard or you were on the beach or wherever and you put the ball game on and you enjoyed it for three, three and a half hours. Now today they want to rush through baseball. You go to a game, you spend 500 bucks for tickets or whatever, and, and everyone's rushed out.
2: Yeah, well, get ready for this season. That pitch, the pitch clock is gonna definitely uh, speed some things up, change some things that you're, uh, you know, not used to seeing with these pitchers, with the guys stepping out of the box. Like they're they're evolving the game.
3: Well, I, I truthfully, I haven't really watched baseball in a few years. I'm a Yankee. I'm not. I can't even say I'm a Yankee fan anymore because it, the whole thing is getting sickening. I, you know, it, you, they're trying to speed up the game, but they also want the home runs. So if pitchers are giving up home runs, you got to take time out and bring in a reliever. So that's going to slow the game up. Then they went to that, oh, automatically walk the guy. What did that say? Five seconds in the game? Five, you know.
2: Yeah, the, the thing about the rules, like they're going to keep changing the rules and tweaking the rules because they're trying to keep up with other leagues that change the rules. The baseball that we know of old, thanks for the call, Joe, that is gone. And I think the Hall of Fame that we know of old, That is gone. Like, I've gone back and looked at, like, Joe Morgan getting into the Hall of Fame. Uh, We'll talk to Goose Gossage at 8 o'clock. Like, I've gone back to watch some of these older guys get into the Hall of Fame, and it was, like, a magical moment. It was like a movie. It's like a special thing. It's like a crowning achievement. Like, you know, you're done playing, and we're going to put the cherry on top and say, here's your your bust, you're a Hall of Famer, you're immortalized forever in this baseball museum in this – Library of the history of the game that's got so much history and forever you you and your family name are immortalized. But we're leaving guys out because of favoritism, likability, obviously an era where steroids were heavy in the game. We're leaving those guys out. It's like a it's a gap in the history.
5: The Hall of Fame is supposed to be the best of the best in whatever whether it's anything as from baseball, football, hockey, basketball, to the WWE Hall of Fame, to the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, to whatever, right? It's supposed to be the best of the best. And the one, it's the one institution, I think, that, and, and we're, we're finally starting to see the All-Star Game give other things their due. But, you know, to, to that last caller's point, looking back 20 years, the All-Star Game was the 20 best hitters in each league
2: and 1998 he, All-Star yeah. game I go back and watch yeah. on YouTube all the time.
5: It was the 20 best hitters in each league, the 10 best starting pitchers, and the best closer. And that was the All-Star roster. And now we're starting to see guys like Dellen Betances.
2: you know, when he was... Yeah, 2014 he was sure, an All-Star. When he was,
5: when he was insane as a middle reliever for the Yankees, filling that Mo 96 role for a couple of years. Or we're starting to see, like, you know, catchers get in based on they have really good defensive metrics or things like that. The Hall of Fame hasn't necessarily adapted fully to that yet, and you made the point earlier, Keith, that all these new metrics, and it's not just like VORP and all these weird Whip. acronyms that you know Xfip and things like that. It's WAR, it's OPS, it's I mean, like the natural evolution. And of they didn't have and that
2: years ago when they were voting for these sure. guys to get in. And now they have it now, and it's going to be used against some guys that when we hear their name or think of them, we think, yeah, Hall of Famer. But then when you actually look at the numbers and crunch the numbers, you can manipulate numbers to make a case for any of these guys. Like Billy Wagner, I was watching MLB Network, and they were talking about how he's got the lowest whip, lowest strikeout rate. And when I'm looking at this, Billy Wagner got 265 votes, 68.1%. He's been on the ballot eight years. So, we think in the next year or two, he'll get that extra percent. Sure. But there's still a chance that he might not. So, we're probably depending on who's voting or not casting votes or younger guys coming in that are like, ah, you know, Billy Wagner doesn't do it for me or let me go. Everybody just looks at baseball reference and fan graphs (laughs) and baseball savant. (laughs) And then I don't do that. Honestly, I'm an eye test guy. I don't like diving that deep into the numbers because, like I said, I mean, you can manipulate the numbers and make a case for anyone. Let's try and bring another caller in. Let's go to Carl in Stamford, Connecticut, on the fan. What's up, Carl?
4: What is going on, fellas? I uh, I gotta say this is madness. I'm sorry. I've been following baseball. I'm probably around your guys' age, I'm in the late 30s, since I was a kid. And eight-time all-star and seven Gold Gloves does not deserve a spot in the Hall of Fame. And with that being said. You look at like guys like Keith Hernandez, who's got what eleven couple rings and a, and an
2: MVP, a guy who people drafted. say is the best defensive first baseman they've thank ever seen. Man, thank you, bro. But well, he's not in yeah. because the numbers, because in. of the votes. Like that's that's. The... Because he was, yeah, because he was. He, like, I'm sorry, like go back and forth, but like,
4: like, like, is it Lou who you're with? I'm sorry, I didn't catch his name. Yeah, Lou, the writer. So like, like he said, like if you if you if you push someone's buttons the wrong way, they take it personal. Like like you look at T.O., like they deliberately said that he wasn't getting in on the first, first ballot because he pissed off everybody that, yeah. was, that was literally saying
2: no. And sorry. Carl, Carl, let me and- stop you for a second for the audience. Isn't it kind of crazy that the writers that are journalist majors and end up having 10-year careers for the Post or the Daily News or the Gazette or the Journal in any other city, these are the gatekeepers for these ridiculous athletes that put in their ten thousand hours before they even got to, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like they're the ones that get it's to say, fair, man.
4: It's, it's, "It's not fair, man. It's not fair." And 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 I'm not gonna cut you off again because I won't let you. I want to hear what you say. But you you talk about Manny, I get it, but like. Valco's list had Ortiz all over it, and he gets in like that. So there's it's no integrity left.
2: That's what I'm saying. This whole thing is a mess. It's laughable. I, I was on it last year when Ortiz was a first Ballot Hall of Famer, and that was because of favoritism, likability, because he was a, a fun-loving guy, and he did commercials, and guys were able to get quotes and uh, write articles about him, and all these Boston writers probably loved him.
4: So what? Oh, 100%. And at this point, if he's in it, first open the floodgates. Open the floodgates. I know. I know. Lou said, you know, no to this, no to that. But like at the same point, like, when are we going to realize, and when is baseball going to understand that if it wasn't for Sosa McGuire, where would we be?
2: Great, great way you know, to end like, the call. Thanks, Carl. I'm bringing Rich in Norwalk, Connecticut, on the fan to talk a little Pete Rose with me because I definitely have an issue with. Like, are we talking about the same guy, Pete Rose? Is not in the he Hall is. of Fame, and everyone has yep. a, a gambling app in their phone. Yes, we are, Keith Pete Rose. Let me tell you, I met him in
3: 1976 spring training with the big red machine. I followed the guy his whole career. No one is gonna, no one's gonna come close to him in hits. I don't think it will ever be touched. And this guy, they keep him out of the Hall. I think it's a sin.
2: What do you think? I I, I mean I I'll, I'll always bring his name to the forefront because it, it just looks dumber and dumber every year. Like now, Major League Baseball has these partnerships. I, I said in my open, Great American Ballpark invited him there for the opening of their sports book. I'm not sure which sports book they have there, but he plays the first wager. And I, I, I don't I, I don't that. care if off the field he's a terrible guy and people have things to say about his personality and other things that he's done wrong. When you watch the highlights of this guy hit a baseball, when you watch Hello, this guy play not. baseball, there's no way, oh there's no way you can. And so it's not, and it's not PEDs, right? We're talking about he bet on baseball, and he's just been shunned, blackballed, like they try to erase him from history. But every year we go on, there's younger people that are finding out about Pete Rose, and they're like, "Wait, this guy, this guy was ridiculous." Keith,
3: you know this, Keith. The toughest thing in all of sports. Is hitting a ball. You have a round piece of wood hitting a round ball. Toughest thing to do. And this guy did it, what, 4,200 and something
2: times? Made it look hit. easy. Made, made it look like he could roll out of bed and do it. Right. It's- Thanks for the call, Rich. we got to take a break. Uh, and I say that because I want to keep this conversation going. I say that with a a little bit of a, like, ah. Uh, and we do got to get Goose Gossage at 8. All right, let's hit the break quickly, because then we can probably come back with a couple minutes before I bring our Hall of Fame guest in. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back.
4: Argue about it. Call the fan at 877-337-6666. Powered by Superbook Sports. Visit superbook.com.
2: Yeah, yeah. I feel like we're tight on time. There's so much to say in so little time. Keith McPherson on the fan. Lou DiPietro with me. We're obviously talking about the news of Scott Rowland making the Baseball Hall of Fame tonight and uh, a few familiar names coming up a little short. Um, So, you know, we just took the break and obviously we're off air. And we're talking about these writers, right? I I think a lot of focus should shift to the writers, especially because we are in this digital social age where they can put their ballots out And they can be held accountable. And I always think think back to like two guys that I grew up watching that made me want to play baseball and watch baseball: Derek Jeter and Ken Griffey Jr. And somebody, you know, out there felt like Jeter wasn't a unanimous Hall of Famer. I feel like you should there should be like rocks thrown at that guy. Shame shame like he's got to like stand trial in front of all of us well
5: i think we know who that is by by process of elimination it's the same guy who turned in a blank ballot the next year because he didn't <laughs> want to vote for anyone because of peds right um there's two things that that are interesting scary whatever adjective you want to use about the the fact that it is the writers that do this right one is accountability and the the bbwaa and the hall of fame have taken steps to um change that in this era of social media and things you'll see a lot of writers will send out their ballots on Twitter um, I'll plug an old colleague of mine at yes Jack Curry would always every year after the deadline and he did it this year too on Yankees hot stove they would talk about Jack's ballot because Jack's been a voter for years he's covered the game for 30 plus years and you talk to Jack about it and he has in-depth reasons to why he did and in-depth reasons to why he didn't vote for somebody if you ask him hey, you know, this year, let's say he didn't vote for, uh, I don't know. Carlos Beltran. I, yeah, if he didn't vote for Carlos Beltran, he'd have a reason he did. but And then there's other guys that just submit their ballot and don't say nothing, and you wonder if they're the one that is the reason Derek Jeter is a unanimous Hall of Famer, right? So the, the, the BBWA and the Hall of Fame have taken great steps towards making that accountability, because realistically, you need to have reasons. But what I was saying to you in the break is that you have 389 writers. You have 389 moral compasses of what is acceptable in terms of cheating or PEDs or, you know, um, this, you know, a role that Chapman's domestic violence thing may be a problem to somebody more so than someone else. Right. I don't want to make light of anything, but there are situations no, but that people is. go through in life that some people make more of than others. The other issue with that that's weird is I, I said to you before when we were out there in the newsroom, that 389 is a low number. The way just journalism is going in general, that number is going to shrink a lot more. Mm-hmm. I mean, you look at just here in the beat, you see people moving. There's moving parts all the time, right? Sure. Right in I the mean, Yankees beat. Yeah. I mean, Lindsay went from de- uh, dead, uh, has to the, the athletic, athletic to the same journal with BK.
2: Brennan, Brennan Cuddy's yeah. at athletic now as well. Cuddy
5: went to the athletics. So there's going to be somebody else, you know, if somebody joins Randy on NJ.com, then yep. it's going to take them maybe 10 years to get in, you know, whatever. Plus consolidation and things like that. I mean, five, six, seven years ago when I was covering the Yankees regularly, you know, Pete Caldera works for The Record and Chad Jennings was working for Lo Hut and there was other Gannett newspapers that just went down to like now it's Pete, and there's nine hundred Gannett newspapers around the country that may take his stuff because why do we need three different papers that we own have three different sure. beat writers, right? So that's kind of narrowing the pool a little bit, which I think may be part of the reason why like MLB.com and us at RSNs and things like that got our due in twenty sixteen. But as that number shrinks, then you have less moral compasses and less but then you also need less votes. Like as we said, if there was 20 more voters and none of them voted for Roland, he's out.
2: Right. I mean this is it's I think it's an interesting thing to talk about as we try to project the future and where it's going. Let's try and squeeze one more call in before we go to break and get goose gosage on the fan. Uh, I got Tom in Brick, New Jersey. Tom, are you there?
6: Oh yes, yes, I'm here. But no, uh, Don Mattingly isn't. I'm 81 years old. I've seen every great Yankee ball player, and if my mind is correct, there's only been two great first basemen for the Yankees. That's Don Mattingly and Mister Garrett. Mm-hmm. and I sure hope they still have the old time as well because the period that Don Mattingly paid he had to be he had to be at least 20 of the best ball players from that era and he, he goes nowhere I don't understand it
2: and he, he's that, been that, such a such a baseball guy right like after his playing career obviously being a manager with the Dodgers with the Marlins he's now with the Blue Jays. He's trying to be part of an ownership group, I think, for like the Montreal team. Like, when I look at Donnie Baseball, I've said this on air, I feel almost like left out that I wasn't old enough to watch him step in the batter's box. Like, I didn't get to root for Don Mattingly. I missed that. He was. You know,
6: he has an iconic picture of the true value of baseball. He's going down the right field line. And he reaches in, and he catches a foul ball, and the kid looks up at him, and he grabs a uh, a handful of popcorn. That's Iconic. The thing. Yeah, Iconic. Just like Judge. Judge started that thing playing catch with the outfielders, or with the kids in right center field. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and he has become, I, 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 you have to tell me, was he named... Uh, Times Man
2: of the Year. The Athlete of the Year, yes. He was Times Athlete of the Year. Thank you for the call, Tom. And yeah, people buy those seats in Yankee Stadium around the right field foul pole just to interact with Judges. These kids make signs, and like that is the type of thing that people will remember. They're not going to remember war and what you batted. And I mean, Judges are probably going to remember this past year. But uh, I don't know. It's interesting, right? These young kids that are watching baseball, they don't know Scott Rowland. They know Judge, and they will know some of these other guys. They probably know uh, Don Mattingly and Jeter. and We've got plenty more to talk about. Lou, thanks for coming in and giving us some time. You got it, man. We got a break. Goose Gossage coming up next. We'll uh, wrap with Goose real quick. Let's take this break, bring Goose in. Keith McPherson on the fan. I'll be right back.